0: Oh, what fresh hell is this?
1: This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast.
0: I, mean, I have a hard time picturing you doing uh, yard work. I do a lot of yard work. In fact, I do all of the yard work. <laughs> Just about. I- I <laughs> it's a lot of fun, your- isn't it, man? Oh, man. Yeah, no. Uh, weed eating is a nightmare, and... Yeah, but you know this house hasn't been kept because the last owner that was here, I'm pretty sure her son and her were on drugs. This house was gross, so they didn't maintain shit around the house. So I've had to clean it all up.
2: But whatever. Oh, one one thing, Alan. Uh, if you get some time sometime this week, write up some ideas of how you want your segment intro to sound, so I can send it to our our female voiceover talent. All right. All right. So it is the cigar touches podcast. We are recording this on August the 19th. It is a lovely Sunday evening uh, here in Nashville. I just stepped uh, inside just about a half hour ago. I was outside smoking a, um, uh, Padron, uh, five, is it 5,000 or 6,000? Whatever that number is. Maduro. Uh, very enjoyable smoke. I can't believe I can't remember what number it is. But anyway, it was drone. It was good. No complaints. Uh, ben, what you got going over there?
0: Uh, well, right now I'm just sort of chilling, but I had this morning a uh, a cigar I've been aging for a while. Uh, an Ashton ESG 24. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It's a rare cigar and they use very exclusive tobacco from the dominican republic it's only used for that one cigar the wrapper is only used for that one smoke uh, and it was delicious it was a celebration of my house purchasing uh, from the past couple of weeks so all is well on my end
2: and speaking of aging i, I told ben about this morning this this morning but uh, when i was in cincinnati a couple of weeks ago i uh Jerry sent me home with six of the um, the original batch of the Vi- Vicarious Blues. Uh, I told Ben I'd send him one this morning, and I'll sneak you one down when I'm there uh, Labor Day weekend for you to either smoke or hold on to for longer, depending on what you want to do with it, but I'll sneak you one down there. Yeah. And, of course, I'm going to mail one to Ben. Mm-hmm. Because I'm yeah. not going to Maine.
0: Yeah, don't do that. But I do appreciate you sending me one of those. Uh, I just don't know whether to smoke it or age it even longer. It's tempting. Yeah, I gave. Ben, I gave on our last uh,
1: show. Yes. Then on our last show, we were talking about the Inspirato Red. Yes. And you were telling me that it was not your cup of tea. Yeah, at that time. remember that. Yeah. Well, a deal came my way that I just could not pass up. For a uh, with a box of Inspirato Red, I got this gigantic, uh, torch lighter, and uh, ten free cigars, and. Um, I wanted you to know that I actually found the Inspirato, the Red, to be a really good cigar. But a couple of caveats. Uh, It is definitely a cigar you want to have on a full stomach. Like after a steak and a baked potato, a salad... Nice cup of coffee and some cheesecake, then wow. the Inspirado is really phenomenal. It is a very strong and bold cigar. So, okay. just want you to know that's that's just part of that. Uh, you know, not every cigar is for everybody. But yep. uh, if you get a chance, give it another shot on a full stomach. I will do that. After dinner, you go out to your uh, little place there by the river and uh, stream, gully, pond, whatever you want to call it and uh, enjoy yourself.
0: I will give it another try. And I believe I might have written that in the article. But um, I I might have just gotten a fluke, you know, sitting outside. Maybe I do. I think it is worth giving it a second review um, to make sure. It, It does warrant that. It may have just been that one time. That was just my experience from the once, but that's okay.
1: Yeah, if you were expecting a, a mild Macanudo, it definitely is not mild. It is not mild. And it's it's not not like any of the other Macanudos that I've had.
0: Okay. But I did um, enjoy it. Okay. Did you try any other? Because uh, there's like an Inspirato Orange or something else like that. There's, I think there's different ones that they have. I
1: have had the white and the black, and I actually found the. Um, my recollection is is that the I really enjoyed the red a lot more than the black or the white.
0: Okay. Gotcha.
2: Very good. And and speaking of steak, I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, When I was in Cincinnati, Jerry and Darlene took me to um, Jeff Ruby's Steakhouse and uh, had a New York strip, one of the juiciest, most tender steaks I've ever had in my life. Absolutely fantastic. But I've since found out that Jeff Ruby has a location here in Nashville, so if we ever... All manage to converge on the city of Nashville. We will definitely have to uh, put that on the list. It is expensive, but it is worth every penny. And what's this place called? Jeff Ruby's. Jeff Ruby's. Never heard of it. It's it's created by this guy. Um, his name is um, Oh God, what's the name? Oh Jeff Ruby.
0: Uh, you are but just-
2: it's, it's damn good. He's he's like some sort of Cincinnati legend or something. But. Uh, Uh, Very good. He's got a couple of restaurants up there, but his main one has a a second location here. Uh, But aside from food talk, I'll let Alan take over the mic here and uh, give us what he's got for the spot segment tonight.
1: Well, tonight I am smoking the uh, Hoya de Nicaragua Hoya Red. Now, I selected the cigar because I was kind of like on this red kick from the Inspirado, so I said, well, let me let me smoke the Hoya de Nicaragua Hoya Red. I haven't had one in quite a while, and I need a cigar to review. So I did select that Hoya de Nicaragua Hoya Red, and um, first of all, the backstory on this. You know, Hoya de Nicaragua is mostly known in the United States by the reputation that it's earned for producing stronger cigars. Cigars like the Antonio uh, 1970 and the Antonio Dark Carajo cigars that even well-developed palates have a reverence for. Now, in July of 2014, at the IPCPR convention and trade show, Hoya introduced a medium-bodied cigar into its portfolio, the Hoya Red. This new introduction was led by the company's president and the son of owner, Dr. Alejandro Martinez Cuenca, uh, Juan Ignacio Martinez, and Leonel Raduz, if I've said that correctly, the Hoya's factory manager since 1992. Now, the Hoya Red was achieved by leaving out the Lajero, lowering the strength, and using lower primings, that would impart the same core flavor, but something that could be done on a daily basis for the consumer. The company has said that Hoya Red is a true discovery of their factory, tobaccos, and blends. Classy as always, but a lot more fun. Now, for the construction, the Hoya de Canagua Hoya Red is produced in Esteli, Nicaragua, at the Fabrica. All right, we're well, gonna fix my mouth tonight. <clears throat> Hopefully, you'll be able to edit this. The Hoya de Cana, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Hoya de Nicaragua, Hoya Red is produced in Esteli, Nicaragua, at the Fabrica de Tabacos Hoya de Nicaragua SA. Uh, it is a regular production cigar and is a Nicaraguan Puro with long filler tobacco coming from the regions of Esteli, Condega, and Jalapa. The binder is Nicaraguan, and the wrapper is a Habano wrapper, also from Nicaragua, with a very golden reddish hue. It's somewhat oily to the touch, very toothy, and finished off with a triple cap. Overall, the construction is just meticulous. The Hoya Red is available in four sizes, a Short Churchill, a Robusto, a Toro, and a Canzozo in modern red boxes of 20. And Drew Estate is the sole distributor of Hoya de Nicaragua products in the United States. The Hoya Red produced volumes of very mouth-satisfying smoke, and I found the draw was perfect and effortless. The Hoya Red is a solid medium-bodied smoke, very flavorful and ever-changing. The complexity is balanced and creamy. Uh, The taste profile is really more Dominican in nature than I would say is Nicaraguan. I tasted a toasty white bread, roasted nuts, uh, an earthiness, black pepper, and a faint taste of red pepper. There were hints of a lemon citrus and black licorice with notes of sweetness from caramel, cocoa, and dried fruit. The Hoya Red would make a brilliant addition to humidor. It's perfect for a breakfast cigar or for your first cigar of the day. I feel that whether you have an experienced palate uh, or are new to the game, you'll love this cigar. Uh, That's mostly why I think Cigar Aficionado rated the Hoya Red a well-deserved 90 rating. And my tip to you and to everyone is to try this cigar, and if you've not smoked it in a while, try it again. You won't be disappointed. I absolutely award the Hoya Red a Cigar Tipster Podcast by recommendation. Mark?
2: Yeah, very good. I've been on a um, a bit of a Hoya kick lately. I have some of the Antonia's in the humidor. I had a red and I also had the, uh, somewhat newer black as well. Um, you're, you're dead on with the, the red being a fantastic morning smoke, and then you can stick within the Hoya brand and close it out with a black, uh, later in the night. So both of those are fantastic. Been on a bit of a, a Drew estate kick in general. I had, um, the underground, apparently I'm doing it too. Underground sun grown, uh, just today two days ago had it for the first time uh, picked up a couple of those it's really nice uh, i still all in all still prefer the maduro version but the sungram is nice as well uh, so definitely drew's doing a lot of good things i also noticed um and this wasn't something we planned to talk about but i also noticed that they um uh, drew has done almost all of his blends in these new uh, Cigarillo sizes as well. Have you guys seen those kind of popping into the market?
1: No, I haven't.
2: I, I've seen them. They're mostly back-ordered online. I've seen them in a few shops. Uh, but they've done uh, several sizes of the Ligas, the entire Undercrown line, uh, the KFC line. All of them now have tens of ten Cigarillos. Um, I'm not sure how well they have got to try one yet i'm not sure how well they carry the blend from one size to another but it's something else they've been bringing to market lately
0: no i have noticed that and don't they make uh like a Liga, like a nub size like a shorter size that's that's fat don't they do something like that
2: yeah it's that one's relatively new too i haven't seen one in person but yeah Yeah. they have a, a nub style Liga uh
0: that's hitting the market and they have a ratzilla Lancero A size—it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's long, thin <laughs> uh, cigar, but it's like a—it's the, the Ratzilla is incredible. I love that Ratzilla. The size and the flavor is amazing. Uh, and then they do like an A size Lancero version of it.
2: Mm-hmm. Liga, ligas in general are just really really good. Granted, you you pay a a decent price tag for them, but they are they're pretty damn good. It's
0: one of the few that's worth its weight in payment, it really is. It, it takes a lot, and I think Ligas pull that. Yeah, that's... Uh, I'm
2: sure a lot of listeners have heard the story, but that's how Undercrown came to be, was the, the people, the, the blenders and the rollers, were smoking too many of the Ligas, so they had to kind of, you know, create the Undercrown, which is supposed to be pretty similar, to give them something to smoke, so they weren't smoking all the, the product that was going to market,
1: by the way, I um, think that's a great marketing story that somebody invented. You know that they're they're allowing everybody in the factory to smoke the uh, Liga Pravada and they're smoking the, all all of them, so many of them that they don't have enough to ship. So they they say, okay, can't you can't smoke this anymore? Uh, you guys come up with something that is just like the Liga Pravada but that we could sell uh, a whole lot. Uh, cheaper, and uh, you can smoke as many of those as you want, and how quickly the factory uh, turns around and comes up with the underground. <laughs> uh, I just think that is just incredible—an incredible marketing story. You know, it's almost as good as the uh, Miller Light story, which I don't know if you guys have ever heard. No, have uh, No, the Miller Miller Beer. Um, their research was showing that. Uh, men were drinking a lot less beer because they were all concerned that they were getting beer guts. So they wanted to come up with a, a lighter version, less calorie version. So they brought all these um, uh, brew chemists together uh, for a big meeting and uh, they said they would give a, a, a million dollars to the individual that could come up with um, a beer that tasted just as good that would be um, a whole lot less calories. And the heads of Miller Brewing flew off in their private jet, and um, basically 20 minutes later, um, they got a call to bring the plane back that they come up with a beer that was uh, half the calories. And bottom line was, is they put a a quart of beer in a in a in a pot and a quart of water in a pot, mixed it up, and there you go, Miller Lite. <laughs> Again, I think it's a great marketing story. I don't believe it for a second.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely got that. Uh, both of them have that urban legend uh, feel to them. Uh, running across an interesting story the other day um, about a mobile cigar shop. Um. You know, this is something... I've only ever seen one of these in person. It was at Burns Tobacconist at one of the the Chattanooga tweet-ups. They had uh, converted what appeared to be an Airstream into a a bit of a mobile smoking lounge, but it's something that I personally would like to see more of. I mean, granted, it would have to be the right city in the right scenario, but, you know, say you're having an outdoor wedding or you're having a family reunion, it doesn't really matter what it is. This could be something to bring out for the guys. You know, have a literally a lounge on wheels. Uh, in in your part of the world, Ben, and your part of the world. In Atlanta. What do you think it means? You're you're basically Canadian. We've told you that. Oh I
0: forgot. I'm not Canadian. there's a
1: border between us.
2: Yeah, yeah, give Trump time. He'll move it south.
1: I can't win this. Uh, that airstream that they had at the uh, Chattanooga tweet up, um is still there, as far as I know, and it's available for you know renting for for parties. Macanudo, believe it or not, had one the uh, Macanudo bus that they did a tour with a while back, uh, and that was pretty cool to see that turned into a lounge, and there's a uh, young lady here in Atlanta that's got an Airstream that um, is also available uh, for rental, and uh, it's set up like a lounge. Oh. There's also a, um, a cigar shop in Cartersville that had a mobile um, – it wasn't a lounge – Uh, Although they would set one up outside it, but they were using it as a mobile cigar store. And uh, very shortly after they created it, they stopped using it because everywhere they took it, they would find themselves in trouble uh, with whatever event they were doing because the local authorities would say, uh, you need to have a business license for our municipality. Mm. So if they were doing an event in, in Stone Mountain, um, you know, the city of Stone Mountain was requiring a license. And uh, then if they took it over and they went over to, uh, let's say, Decatur, uh, and they did an event in Decatur, Decatur wanted a business license from them. And <clears throat> they said it just got ridiculous with um, how much money they were spending in in licensing to have their uh, mobile cigar shop at a specific event because basically what their their profit was going to buy the um, the license so they just stopped using it
2: yeah I hadn't considered that as an aspect of it, but yeah now that you mention it, I'm sure everybody- everybody and their brother had their hand out when uh when that thing came rolling into
1: town so i guess yeah, i I even had the idea of the uh <clears throat> cigar bookmobile that I was going to set up in Brazil until I found out that for each facing. Um, a cigar who's going to cost me fifty thousand dollars. Jesus, okay. and I said, No, no, we're not doing that. No, yeah,
2: uh, yeah, I would have backed off that in a hurry.
0: There's also, have you seen the Zeno Platinum mobile lounge? No, okay, so Xeno is all about spending more than everybody else, so they took a Mercedes Sprinter van, 2500. And they've converted it into a matte black cigar lounge experience. And it's got like three iPads, four 40-inch TVs, PlayStation, all kinds of tech, and then all this custom lighting. And and they put nothing but Xeno cigars that's in there. Um, But they spent a fortune on it. And uh, I I don't even know if it's even being used anymore, which is a shame.
2: They have all that tech in one Sprinter van?
0: Yeah. You but should look it up. There's a YouTube video of them building it, starting from a regular van, and then they're adding all the stuff, and it's all completely motorized and decked out. and It's actually really cool. It's just...
2: Sounds like a weird episode of Pimp My Ride. It
0: kind of is, because that's kind of what they're doing to it. Well, kind of. That is what they're doing to it. Uh, but the whole thing is about having enjoying Xenoplatinum cigars um, for a price. A big price, apparently. Good lord. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
2: it sounds like, I mean, with all that tech and the scars themselves, how many seats does it have?
0: I think it's got, let's see, there's four seats that are facing, two seats facing each other, front and back, and then I think there's like this black tent that comes off to the side, and mm-hmm. then you can set up chairs underneath as like an awning. And then you can set up out back and the TV comes out of the back and it's got this pop-out humidor and it's, it's like a whole scene thing. Um, but whenever you're doing these mobile cigar lounges, trying to find it where there's the space for it, the power hookup to everything, the, enough people to use the lounge, you know, it's a very unique niche and I would I would think it would be difficult to find a market for something like that Consistently, because of you can't smoke here, you can't park here, you can't use this. You know, it, it might be cumbersome, but you know that's just my opinion.
2: As the rapper say, "More money, more well, you know, profit."
1: Yeah. About, since we're talking about spending gobs of money, uh, yeah. let me ask you guys a, a simple question: What's the most you would spend on a cigar cutter? Mm-hmm. Cigar Cutter.
2: The most I have spent is right around a hundred dollars, and that's—I'd say—that's pretty well my limit.
1: What about you, Ben?
0: Uh, the most I've spent is about forty. That's the most that I have spent. But I would spend, depending—I mean, the quality somewhere around eighty to a hundred would be the limit. I really don't see spending more than that. That doesn't have something gold-plated.
1: I, I don't I don't think I've spent more than uh, maybe eighty to $100 on, uh, a hundred dollars on a cutter. I mean, yeah. considering you know you can get a cutter that was is free at um, you know at most events. You know, with with the cigar brand stamped on it. Uh, you know, it's like you know. It, it's tough to, to spend a lot of money on a cutter. I mean, some of them can be quite beautiful, but can you imagine spending a $1,000 for a cutter? No, no chance. All right. There's a knife company, and I know, Mark, you're into knives, so you might be familiar with this company called Benchmade. Mm-hmm. And they've come up with a cigar cutter, which is similar to the one that Zykar has, which is a, a knife blade that you stick your cigar through the hole and then close the blade on it. At mm-hmm. $1,000, they've, they've produced only, uh, they're individually numbered, and they've produced 250 of them. Wow, and that's so crazy. That means- they're at shops right now. I don't even know of a shop that would carry that.
2: I mean, my knife. Because if there are
1: retailers, a thousand, you know, that that means that they're probably spending about uh, five hundred for it, and I just can't see a shop uh, tying up its money like that.
2: Yeah, that's. I mean, the knife in my my pocket, my normal pocket knife. That's it's about one hundred and forty dollars. That's the most expensive piece of. Cutting technology I own, uh, made by Zero Tolerance, but yeah, to to stack another nine hundred bucks on that, not a chance.
0: I mean, you're just showing off. I think that you have that because I mean, it, um, it it cuts tobacco, and you can only make it so smooth and <laughs> to without paying for some, you know, to show that you have it. Um, I think, is it ST Dupont? Who is it that makes the lighter that you have to put in a combination to open every time? And it's like 20 grand for this thing.
2: That sounds like a Dupont. uh,
1: Oh, you know, Dupont DuPont. has just come out with a line of uh, cigar accessories um, that is for um, James Bond 007. I don't know if you guys have have seen any of these, but they're, I mean, they're beautiful, but I I don't know who would, um, well, yeah, I know there's lots of people who would spend the money on it. But, you know, with me, I've I've had gliders and good cutters, and I don't want to put them in the same pocket because they'll scratch each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Or somebody will borrow it, you know, and then, boop, gone.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just begging to get. Well, it kind of looks like sunglasses. If you spend four hundred dollars on a pair of sunglasses, it gets lost in a week. But if you spend ten dollars, you're good for a year. I don't know yeah, why you, that is. It's just you can,
2: you, the the ten dollar pair. You could literally lose them, and someone would bring them back to you.
0: Yeah, but if it's you spend four hundred dollars for a nice pair of sunglasses, you'll never. You know, it's gone, and you'll never see it again.
2: I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy the the amount of money that. Uh, people will spend on silly stuff like I've I've given up completely also on buying expensive lighters because I mean hardware store, dollar store, whatever, I can get a gigantic tanked torch for like three or four dollars. And at the end of the day I push the button, it make fire. That's all I need. Yeah. So unless it's it like the last I actually got a lighter it was on cigar bid really cheap or one of those famous um, famous smoke shop deals where you buy five cigars and get a lighter kind of thing yeah
1: nothing wrong with that I've got
2: a bunch of them here hey, actually for the famous smoke shop half the time their deals are half the time their deals are so good that you pay less for the cigars and the lighter than you would have paying one or the other uh, usually the whole set is cheaper than the lighter itself would have been don't know how they get away with it but such is the world of supply and demand uh, switching to a little bit more blood boiling segment uh, one of the nation's largest cigar or excuse me cigarette manufacturers Altria who also happen to be the parent company of, of Nat Sherman They're they're like $25 billion company behind Marlboro and you know all that other crap uh, that came out against uh, exemptions for premium cigars. And Ben, I know you've been looking into this and I know how you are, so I know this makes your blood boil, so take it away, kiddo.
0: It it does. Uh, and I appreciate it. So, basically, I've been reading the article online at cigarficionado.com and then at the bottom there's a link to show the actual nine page statement that Altria wrote to the FDA. And to kind of bring it all to where you can understand it, uh, what Altria is saying is that if they, that they believe and are saying the FDA has the rights to regulate all tobacco and should not exempt premium cigars because there's not enough scientific or, objectionable evidence to distinguish between a cigarette and a premium hand cigar. So what Altria is doing is they are defending and promoting that the FDA regulate everything and not exempt premium cigars. What I recommend is that Altria hire the same lawyers to tell the FDA to back the hell up off everybody. And I don't know... I think they're defending the wrong side. So this this is how complicated... I'm going to give you an example of just how freaking complicated that they are making... That Altria is is making in their statement here. This is just like a couple of lines. Uh, What it says here is... In deciding how to regulate, quote, premium cigars, FDA should consider several factors... First, FDA should consider if the science and evidence justify differential regulation. Second, if FDA pursues differential regulation, it should adopt a definition of, quote, premium cigars that is subjective, allows for uniform application, and does not create loopholes that can be manipulated by manufacturers to avoid regulation. I'm going to stop right there. Like, that's that's enough language to lull anybody to sleep. And I don't know what the hell Ultra is talking about. They're making this way more complicated. And now, we're going to talk about this next segment, but this sort of ties in to Marco Rubio trying to defend the cigar industry. And that's not really working. And and we'll we'll discuss that in detail in the next segment. But uh, it, it just makes me really upset that... The premium hand-rolled cigar industry, family-owned, multi-generation, hard-working, all-natural, no artificial, no synthetic anything. And is being whirlwinded up with exponential regulation and rules that, that are just so far gone and don't apply to making this world a better place in any way. This all started years ago, when apparently the FDA decided that we were going to destroy cancer in youth smoking. Um, So, that's where all this came down. Well, now now all of a sudden, we need to regulate all tobacco, because the youth and kids, 12-year-olds, are running out there and just grabbing tobacco and lighting it up at an enormous rate, apparently. So, the FDA comes down on tobacco. Now the multi-billion dollar industries who sell cigarettes, black and mild, and cater to cater to youth in flavored cigarellos and all that, saying, oh, premium cigars is all the same thing. And we all know it's not, but it's disgusting how Altria, a, tobacco, a company that sells tobacco products, is defending regulation for their product. And to include premium cigars, which are in almost no way related to cigarettes and the like. It's a a totally different market. And I'm just I'm disgraced that there's such a lack of proper representation to stand up with passion and truth and tell the FDA to go to hell and leave everybody alone. And that regulation doesn't solve anything. So, if you want to read the article uh, online and all that, you can. But it, it, I, I can't get all the way through it without without shutting the lid on the laptop because I can't stand it anymore.
2: Yeah, the biggest thing—the the biggest thing that bugs me about it—well, two things. One, they own Nat Sherman, so they're partially shooting themselves in the foot. But two is the whole science argument. You, you want to know the difference between a cigarette and a cigar? You need two things, the ingredients list from each one, and there's your answer right there. Uh, Cigar, one ingredient. Tobacco, call it a day. Cigarette, I've never looked at an ingredients list. There's over
0: 600 ingredients to make cigarettes. That's disgusting. And you're telling me that that is exactly the same as a leaf in water? (laughs) It it blows my mind. Oh, and the and the goma, yeah. It's mind it blowing. My, my
1: take on this is that if you can't smoke cigarettes, they think you're going to run to cigars, so they're going to, um, you know, lose a portion of the market. So let's make sure that cigars are regulated as much as as cigarettes, so that everybody's got a problem. So,
0: what Altra what is also saying is that, well, premium cigars shouldn't necessarily be regulated as cigarettes, but it should be consistent with the profile of premium cigars. I don't know what the hell that means. You're telling me that because cigars are different, that they should still be regulated in their own way? Why? We've gotten along for hundreds of years without FDA regulation, and everybody's fine. Cigar-wise, cigar-smoking-wise, um... Just, just, just think for a moment of asking these people to, to just stop and think of what they're
2: doing. They've gotten it so, so tangled up in politics and legal jargon, and it's just—it's gotten completely ridiculous.
0: Patron started in a basement with two rollers, you know. Oliva the same way. All these big manufacturers that, that have been working at it for 150 years started with just two people in a basement rolling leaves that's it that's all that this has ever been it's just a couple of people in a big basement or a small basement what have you and they take leaves and they roll it up and they sell it i mean that's that's genuinely what what it all is and they're getting all this convoluted language and double talk and you know fda authority and subject to fda's regulatory oversight and all this bullshit it's just way out of proportion
2: And uh, you know, as the whole FDA thing goes on, it'll definitely get weirder and weirder. But yeah. we'll put uh, a cap on it before Ben has a.
0: a I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna have a heart attack. We need <laughs> to
2: move on. Uh, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, a, a man in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, has been charged with allegedly stealing cigars from a local store on 19 different occasions between April and October of 2017. Um, so apparently, he was pretty good at it because he got away from. Got away with it for a while. Uh, charged with one count of felony retail theft uh, for repeater status from the tobacco outlet. Plus, um, one thing, and I bought this up for a weird reason. He stole a value of $1,615.35. Sweet. Yeah. Seemingly got a lot of cigars. But the thing that bothers me about this whole article
0: is what he stole,
2: is the fact that we don't know what he stole. How do we not know? They didn't tell us.
0: Oh.
2: Like, I wanted a comprehensive list of what he got. I wanted to know how he did. I wanted to know <laughs> if the man had a chance or not.
0: You're actually concerned, like, well, did you get the good stuff? to learn did from him?
2: Well, you know, I mean, uh, maybe, maybe, you know, I mean, did he go after the Gurkhas? Was he at the Alec Bradley counter? I... Uh, was he stealing one Gurkha triad per trip? Because those are 50 <laughs> bucks and that can add up pretty quick.
0: I don't think he knows that. (laughs) I like how you're concerned that he. you want to make sure he stole some nice Padron 26s and, you know, the sharks and whatnot.
1: The man's going... Who would go to the trouble of stealing Black and Miles? Well, exactly. And the
2: man's going to jail, and the only way he's going to get a cigar cigar in jail is if he smuggles it in his butthole. So, (laughs) I mean, if he's going to jail for it, he might as well get something
1: good.
0: I suppose so. I never thought of it that way. Yeah,
1: so. grape flavored white owls. Mm. Oh, <laughs> don't, wine. don't forget
2: those uh, cherry Swisher sweets.
1: That toilet wine Swisher sweets.
2: <laughs> that's all he's going to be having now. <laughs> so gross. The things a man has to do for tobacco in prison.
0: Yeah, well, that's pretty much what we're going to have to do now to get it across Cuban, across customs. <laughs> Smug it in the bottle.
2: <laughs> Speaking of weird travel things, when yeah. I went to when I went to Cincinnati and came back, um I uh, the Tennessee is apparently the slowest state in the Union when it comes to getting you the hard copy of your driver's license. Yeah. All I had was the paper copy. And apparently that's like faux pas to the TSA. So uh going and coming back, I got totally um groped. Uh, um, yeah, you know. Really? Pat it up the butt, patted the crotch.
1: We, what we really want to know is, did you enjoy it?
0: Yeah.
2: I would have enjoyed it a lot more if they would have bought me a drink first. Um, no. You know, I, I prefer to be wined and dined before oh. we go straight to getting handsy.
0: Those airport cocktails are expensive. They're not going to spend it.
2: You know, everybody was watching. It was kind of kinky. You know what it was. <laughs> it was kind of kinky. Because they said, They said, you know what? We can get you a private room. And I said, no, no, let them on. But anyway, uh, (laughs) enough uh, juvenile detention talk. Mm -hmm. Um, Anybody got anything they want to close down with tonight? Uh,
0: I think I'm going to leave the FDA stuff for another time. But um, anyone who is listening... uh, I do want to, I'm always doing little challenges to to consumers, but I challenge you to get a special cigar, uh, something unique. Go ahead and splurge on the money. Don't, don't focus too much on price and really set it aside for an extended period of time and really get to enjoy the heart of why we got into this industry and what's so special about it. Um, my experience this afternoon i haven't an aged cigar like that i don't know if i've ever had a cigar aged like that uh it's such a wonderful profile it's 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 different but it's unique and it's well worth the wait yeah so
2: that i I had some three-year opus x's but there and i forgot to text you about this but there are two that i forgot existed there are two Opus Xs that we bought in November of 2013 that still have not been smoked yet. So I don't know when the when the time will come for those to, to meet their demise, but something to look forward to.
0: Yeah, and if you do have something that you smoked that age, you want to share it, share it with us. We want to hear from you. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, you name it. Uh, let Sticky. us know what you've got.
2: Speaking of that, segue. Yep. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. At Cigar Tipster, all three, and of course, www.cigartipsters.com. Yeah. Alan, anything?
1: Nothing here.
2: All right, sounds Except good. We'll join us
1: in Woodstock for the Woodstock Tweet
2: Up. Oh, yes, and for all my everyday weekend. Yeah, my backyard. My <laughs> the patio, the backyard, the back patio, occasionally the front porch. Um, but uh, for all those who come into that part of the world uh, Dragon Con week from Friday uh, so to all my nerds out there I'll see you soon representing <laughs> yeah Heard <laughs> my. Uh, but anyway uh, everybody have a good time and we'll see you in a couple weeks
1: okay. go up in my backyard in costume and you get a free cigar
2: <laughs> that could be dangerous but uh